All right, we're going to pick up, uh, for, for just to, to stay on time here, we're going to pick up with a brief history. Uh, Asim also brought a, um, brought a PowerPoint that I'm going to jump over to in a little while that's really good, that gives us some dates and some historical facts that I think you'll like a lot. Uh, but let's just, I'm just going to kick it off, and then you just, uh, you just jump in whenever you want to, okay? According to, um, now this is, this, again, this goes right along with this book. For those of you that may be joining by live feed for the first time, or maybe you're here tonight for the first time, or whatever, we started a study in this book, which is kind of a landmark uh, work on the cults, basically, that are in America. Um, and we, have, we did uh, the Jehovah Witnesses. We spent several weeks in the Jehovah Witnesses. We spent probably two or three weeks in the Mormons. And now, and I've kind of let the congregation decide where they want to go from week to week. And so now we're in uh, Islam uh, in, this, in this book. Now, Islam is not really a, a Christian cult, so to speak. It's, it's more of a, um, uh, I don't know what it is. It's a false religion, but it's, it was probably a response to Christianity, I think, in the, early, in the late first century or the, the fifth or sixth century. So, so now we're at brief history, and so what we're going to do is just, hey, Gray Toyota Tacoma, your lights are on. Gray Toyota Tacoma. That would be Don Merritt, ladies and gentlemen, one of the newest members of Parkway Baptist Church. Okay. All right. Good job, Don. Way to, way to embarrass yourself. All right. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is just read through this, and then Asim will just contribute since he actually came out of Islam. He, he has just got an incredible uh, wealth of knowledge that he shared with us. So let's, we'll begin. According to extra-Quranic sources, Muhammad's first mystical experience was allegedly being attacked by two men who cut his belly open. That's a great, great place to start tonight, isn't it? In search of something. His foster mother thought he was demon-possessed after finding him standing and not having, having appeared to be the victim of any violence. He later claimed his non-existent attackers to be angels who cleansed his heart. In A.D. 610, he claimed to have received his first of a series of revelations of the Quran from God through the angel Gabriel. His first disciple was his wife, then his cousin Ali, then his slave, and then his friend Abu, ba Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr. Okay, Bakr. His wife and his uncle, who was his protector, both died in 619 or 620. The following year, he was offered protection from powerful families in Yathrib, north of Mecca. Any follow-up? Uh, so actually, I would like to add uh, the first point. Uh, there are different school of thoughts, as we were learning in number 18, that there are Shia, Sunni, Wahhabi, also we discussed uh, in last Wednesday. So they all have different uh, concepts about this first experience when the first revelation happened on Muhammad. So the, the sect, I believe, Sunni, 90% as we read last time that 90% are Sunnis, they mostly believe that there was one angel, Gabriel, who came and he asked Muhammad, he pressed him and asked him to recite. And he said that I can uh, read or recite. And he said, I cannot read because Muhammad wasn't an educated person. He didn't got any uh, formal education. So he said, I cannot read. The angel pressed him again and asked him to read. And his answer was same. So this was the first five, <clears throat> first five verses which actually revealed at that time uh, 
it was surah alak uh, i don't know the exact surah number it's same like which uh, book of bible at what number the same most of the time i don't know which surah uh, but it its name was surah alak and uh, uh, 96 surah 96 he actually the first five verses are from there and most interesting and important thing when he came back he was shivering so his wife actually gave him a blanket and he didn't know what happened but he was like really afraid of from that event what happened to me and then his wife said because you are nice to people don't worry about thing uh, anything nothing happened let's go to workable nofal so workable nofal is very important character actually uh, in islamic history he was his wife's cousin he was ex christian and he uh, did some hebrew writings as well but he know a lot about a lot about bible <clears throat> so muhammad got married at the age of 25 and next 15 years when he got got first revelation he was spending a lot of his daily time with workable nofal so he got all the knowledge about all the prophet in bible uh, sorry all like moses abraham noah that became prophet in in islamic religion he got all that knowledge and that was actually the basic of quran like how they twisted the story and the quran was written but he went to workab al nofal and workab al nofal mentioned and this is written in a hadith the whole story is written in the hadith and workabil nofal told him fear not this was allah so allah was introduced at that time this is allah and the angel was angel gabriel so the this was the revelation from allah and after that revelation started to come upon muhammad and one in the same hadith actually which <coughs> his wife uh, mentioned it's written that when workab al nofal died revelation stopped and people started asking him more revelation because his revelations were very much too for the people of that time they liked what he said so they started asking him but after the death of workab al nofal there was no revelation for i don't know x number of days it is not mentioned in hadith but it mentioned that revelation stopped that is very important for us to understand that where all those things were coming from muhammad wasn't the creator of those revelations muhammad was the creator and and for those of you i know asim is from pakistan so his he's got a he's got a different dialect and he talks a little differently but but i have been talking to him now for a year if you will just pay attention and concentrate and get over the frustration of missing a word or two over time you will be able to understand him you, you follow what i'm saying okay uh so be sure those that weren't maybe weren't here last week the hadid explain to them what that is that is correct this one of the hadith that was written by his wife or uh, narrated by by his wife this explains the whole incident what this happened and the at the end of that hadith but after a few days workan workan died and the divine inspiration was also pursued for a while so 
it stopped everything for a while because he wasn't able to get all those revelations. So the Hadid was basically his testimony, right? Is that, is that a, a good uh, way to say that or not? We can say it. So whatever Muhammad said, what, how the life he spent, that is called Hadith. Okay. And later actually in one of, we are coming to that, we will share this, what okay. is Hadith. <laughs> All right, after his uncle Abu Talid died, the leaders of the various Me Meccan tribes and clans vowed to assassinate him. The angel Gabriel warned him of this and he, and he and his friend Abu Bakar fled to Yathrib, renamed Medina. This migration is known as the Hydra and marks the beginning of the Islamic calendar. Yathrib was a town dominated by Jewish groups that was at that time without a stable government, primarily consisting of feuding Arab factions and mediating Jewish tribes. Muhammad soon established the Ummah, a theocracy or dictatorship under his authority and held complete control of the town. Keep going. Yes, we would like to have those uh, slides. If yes, right. The first slide. Got it, sure. So this is actually about some of the timelines I shared here. You can see that uh, Muhammad was born in 570 AD. 610 was when the first revelation revealed upon him. And uh, 15 years ago, uh, we can say 595, when he got married to Khadija. And she was one of the richest trader of that area. Uh, Muhammad was in, involved in trading also in, in his early life. 622 is the time when this is mentioned that they, they did Hijra. Hijra actually, after 610, when the revelation happened, Muhammad started to preach Islam in Makkah. So less than 100 people in this 20 years of era accepted Islam. So you, and majority of them were his family, his family members yeah. because they wanted to support him. So you can understand how much uh, effective Muhammad was during those 12 years of time when he got first revelation. We also should remember that 84 or 86 surahs were actually revealed in Makkah, 28 in Medina. Uh, 625, we will discuss about it later, but let's discuss how these, uh, why the 12 years of time was very important. Last week actually I mentioned that we will discuss about this, this timeline. What is Makkah and Medina? So yeah. 12 years in Makkah and lots of revelations, lots of surah there or lots of chapter of Quran are there. Medina, only few years, uh, next 10 years, 622 until he died, 10 years of era, and 28 surahs. We call surahs or Quran revealed in Makkah, we call Makki surahs, and the other one are called Madni surahs. If we see Makki surahs, Islam is very peaceful religion. It's talk a lot about religion, and I think so. Some of the some of the verses we are going to study in next uh, next few pages that talk about the same thing that Islam was peaceful, everything was peaceful until 622. Huh. And what happened when this Gabriel actually warned him? He and Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr was first caliphs. They they went to Medina. 
and that was the time actually when this this migration took place it's called hijra uh, and after that time hijra 1 hijra 2 hijra 3 that is another islamic calendar uh, 625 we can discuss about a little bit this is the time from 622 until muhammad died 632 this is the time when there lots of expeditions happened pastor i would like to go like go back to the other uh, sure we can do that uh, no uh, skip oh, the next slides. one okay two here, slides three four slides please next 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 so here are you can see uh, those those 10 years when muhammad had about 101 here 90 and 80 101 expeditions invasions war in those 10 years of time so when he went to medina there was one of the jewish tribe biggest jewish tribe <coughs> pardon and there were two arab tribes also so he he actually went there because he was doing a kind of justice between those two tribes some of the people accepted islam during that time and then what happened he started seeing that people are entering into islam he started making fighters among us them the first time they did actually uh, it was 25 when they were defeated but 27 was the first time when they went and uh, invaded one of the city and i would like to share the name of that city and that small city was actually uh, he to uh, he appointed 700 fighters those 700 fighters went there and they asked them converted to islam or we will not leave you here either you will have to leave this place or we will kill you wow that was the time when all these was peaceful verses in in makkah started to abrogate it and new started to be changed change change them we you have heard a lot about we discussed about salman rushdi have written a book satanic verses so those verses started to uh, muhammad and his companion they started to say those verses were not from allah those verses were i came to know those verses from satan so this is the new verse against this verse so we can see lots of changes took place islam changed from peace to a violent religion at that time 90 101 actually this list is of 95 uh, you can go and search in google expeditions 78 were which muhammad actually sent them 28 73 sorry and 28 where muhammad took a part of in where muhammad took a part in a war or in expedition it is called ghazwa otherwise it is called a war so so expeditions were not were not always war but sometimes were war sometimes war they looted the caravans okay. lots okay. of time they they uh, they did a kind of uh, looting they got a robbery caravans were there because muhammad was muhammad knew where the caravans are going he knew all the trade routes so all the fighters he actually 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 gathered they were doing a, a caravan looting stuff so that's why they they becoming more powerful they started to uh invade cities and asking them 
the, this Jewish tribe is, is very important. We are going to discuss two of the verses, I think so, in a couple of pages, and we will discuss more about that, uh, that how these two verses change, how the previous verses, uh, they talked about that this is no more a Quranic uh, part of Quran. You want to go back to the other slides? Show yes, now? please. Okay. Uh, the second yeah, slide. Let's discuss timeline and we Oh, you want to go back to timeline? Yes. Please. Okay, sorry. Sorry. That's, that's all right. <laughs> I said first slide. Timeline right there. Uh, first timeline, right six, uh, yes, 625 Muslim defeated, 627 Muslim earliest target. This was a small city I was talking about, the Maratul Jandal. And this was a town where uh, Christians and Jewish were living as well. So three days they fight with sword, and after three days the leader of that uh, uh, tribe, he, he said that, okay, we accept Islam. So as soon as he accepted Islam, majority of that tribe or city, they accepted Islam as well. Wow. Go in the timeline? Keep yes. Going? Okay. Next slide. 6.30, Muslims captured Bakka. So that was a time that when, actually, uh, in 25, they were defeated, but now they have gathered, gathered about 1,500 fighters. So they thought, let's go back to Mecca, and that was the time when Mecca was actually captured by Muslims again. And we can see that Kaaba was cleansed at that time. How many of you heard about Kaaba? That's a place in, in Saudi Arabia where all Muslims go and perform Hajj, pilgrimage. So it's a black stone you, you all have seen every year in the, uh, in the month of Zilhaj, that is a lunar month. They go there and they perform Hajj. And the 10th date is the date when they also sacrifice goats, bulls, camels, and it's in the remembrance of Ishmael. <laughs> so, Ishmael, yeah. Ishmael, yeah. That uh, Abraham took Ishmael and he was go almost going to sacrifice when Allah asked him, don't do that. So in remembrance of that, what happened to Isaac? They celebrate uh, a festival which is called Eid al-Azha on the 10th and 9th they actually sacrifice goat or something and they uh, they distribute beat among us friends and family members. And that's all in Mecca? That's yeah, in Mecca, right? That's okay. correct. Okay. The next 632 AD, Muhammad was died. Uh, last time, actually, just I added first four caliph. Muhammad was died in uh, 632. Abu Bakr was the first caliph who took over at that time. And then 634, uh, Umar came. 644, Usman came, Uthman came, or we call it Usman. And that was the time when 644 and 656, the third caliph, when the compilation of Quran started. And Uthman was the main person who mentioned, like, let's compile the saying of or all revelation of uh, Quran and start uh, start a book, uh, start uh, start writing a book which is which is called Quran later. And he was the person who was actually saying this verse should be a part of Quran and this verse Muhammad said should not be a part of Quran. So there is a book written Balance of Truth. This book, uh, I forgot the writer name but it has been translated also into English. 
This book is actually banned in Pakistan and many other Muslim countries. But this Balance of Truth book is actually very much a uh, good studied book which explains how Quran was compiled, which surahs were actually, or which verses were abrogated and which verses are part of it. It explains a lot of good things into it. And what's, the, what's the name of the book? Balance of Truth. Banners of Truth. Balance. 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 Okay. And this book is banned in Pakistan as well. Great. Uh, so I would like to go next as well because we discussed some of the things last week. I wanted to share with this visual. The reason I am a visual learner, I don't know how much you are, but I would like to share here a short time life of Islamic writing. So you see in different, and I have taken it from Jay Smith, Dr. Jay Smith. Uh, I have taken these snapshots from his, uh, one of the sermon he shared in the church and actually this is a very good study. So Sira is actually biography of Muhammad. Uh, hadith, we were just discussing what Muhammad said is written and compiled uh, in different books in different school of thoughts like Sunnis have six books, uh, Shia has four books regarding that. Uh, tafsir, commentaries of the Quran, and the last one is Tariq, hist uh, Histories of Mankind. And we will discuss about with Bibles also, all these, these four, uh, how we can find these things in Bible. <clears throat> so, if you see, Muhammad died in 632. So, Ibn Hisham and Ibn Waqidi, if you see that, there is about 201 years time when this biography of Muhammad started writing. So you can see how long does it take and we will discuss how far this started writing from Makkah and Medina as well. Again, if we see uh, all these blue which are actually Hadith, these started even 820 I think so, 820 to 880? 870. 870. It mm -hmm. started even 70-80 years later. So 210 plus 70, 80, 290 years when the hadith started compiling after Muhammad's death. In the similar way, we can also see tafsir is about furthermore, maybe uh, 30, 40 years further late, it started by Ali Tabari and uh, Abdul Malik and Abbasid. These were the dynasties at that time who started compiling tarikh. So tarikh was started a little bit earlier. Uh, Pastor, if you go to the next slide, sure. this will give you a more like uh, geographic. He's yes. searching for the word. I can see. Yeah, the, I, can I see the actually, I had maybe I, I forgot to add into this one, but I had another one which shows the timeline of Bible. Maybe the next one. You may go to the next one. Yes. Please, this one. There you go. This is Bible, and this is compared the same way how we are talking about. Oh, that's about, that's neat there. If that's you see good. Tafsir, yeah. Mark, uh, similar Sira. Uh, Sira is actually biography of Muhammad. Here we see my Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. They write the biographies of Jesus, right? And they started about around in 70 AD, so 33 years after Jesus died. 
In the similar way, Paul's letters started about in 48 ADs, and we call them tafsir, right? Uh, and tarikh, like history, mankind's history, which, is, which we can found in the book of Acts, uh, th this is found in, started from 52 AD, 15 years, uh, sorry, 17 years, not 17, 17 to 19 years after Jesus passed away. So all this actually compiled between 29 to 57 years. And if we go back to see the Islamic history, how it was compiled, it, it, is, it started very late, 210 years, and it goes after that Muhammad died. Uh, one slide back. And this... Uh, Other way, this way? This one. Okay. This, this one is very much important, how these uh, Ibn Hisham, we see the Sira, he was from Basra. And Basra is about 1,200 miles from Makkah. At that time, when people were not having trains, cars, or anything, it takes time to travel there, right? They had camels, they have donkeys to travel. Sometimes they had to walk. It's not, not like one to two days you can travel 1,200 miles. So you can understand how much time it has been taken, how, they, how this has been passed into multiple hands, and then it, it is translated. So this actually gives a very good explanation how these, these books were compiled and how much truth it has. The most important truth we can find in Bible, I mentioned in 610 to 622, 12 years of era, and Muhammad, forget about his family members, all 100 people he converted was outside of family. He preached 12 years and he converted only... Um, his family and friends. Just close just, family yeah, and friends. Close family. Yeah, less than 100, I think. Even if those are not family members, 100, what happened on the day of Pentecost? When it happened? 3,000. 3,000. Another time, we, we just after that event, we can see 500, that is talking about only 500 men, apart from women and children, right? Those families, sorry, not 500, 5,000 uh, accepted uh, Jesus Christ. So we can see these incidents that how powerful uh, teachings of a religion are, right? Something cannot accept something without your heart is saying that. And I mentioned that, Pastor, sorry, I'm taking so much you time. Are you this, are please this just topic. go, just keep going. Last time I mentioned that I will take five minutes to share the turning point of my life. That is very much important for us. I'm sharing lots of contradictions, right? If we will take all these contradictions, started talking to a Muslim, he will not listen to you. He will not say anything is true. He, they go there and search debate on YouTube, you will see how Muslims reply to any of the contradictions. They don't listen to you. They just give lame excuses, lame things, even they don't know anything. <laughs> but most important thing, I was the same person at some point of my life, even rigid from them, because I read Hadith book, which many Muslims most of the times have not read. These are six books. Each book has multiple volumes. I spend three to four hours daily uh, in the evening time in a seminary and completed in four years period of time. And I became very rigid. 
I didn't like Christians. I didn't want to eat with them. I was thinking the bowl they are using, if I will eat anything in that bowl or if I will drink in a glass or cup where they are drinking, I will, be, I will become a filthy person. That was my thought. I shared with you, it's like very sad incident, but I celebrated 9-11. Now, at that time, you can understand how much rigid my heart was at that time. So, nine years of my life, I complete, uh, about eight years, I completed all these Hadith book at the age of 22 until I accepted Jesus Christ at the age of 29. I was very rigid. I was doing dialogues with Christians and Hindus also. Uh, I had a Gita and had a Bible in my home. Never read that Bible. But most important thing, when the first time someone prayed for me, the first thing came into my mind, that was actually Tina's father. And I didn't know, I knew Tina's brother. I didn't know uh, that that is a Christian family. We met in a badminton tournament mm. and we became a very good friend. And one evening he invited me to his house and they were having dinner. I went inside and I saw crosses and um, Jesus picture also, the same picture we all see. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I saw that and um, the first thing came in from my heart, that was uh, from my heart, that was hate. Why, why I came here? I didn't know that they are Christians, but we, we both planned a concert and I was trying to get some money from that concert that myself and Tina's brother planned actually. So I didn't want to lose that money and for the sake of courtesy, I sat on their table. The first thing Tina's father prayed, he prayed for me and asked blessing from Jesus for me. And that was the time when I thought, why? I look at him, I am having a hate for him. I didn't want to eat with them, but he's asking blessings from his God. There is something, something different. That was the time I start, started reading Bible and I started reading Bible from the, from the book of Genesis and the word of God changed my heart. Amen. But the Amen. first thing is that someone showed love and I don't know how many was praying for me during that time. I didn't contact with, uh, with Tina's family for next three, four months when I was reading Bible. The same thing, when, when we should reach out, I'm not saying that door knocking is bad, but the first thing we should remember that Asian culture, including Pakistan, is very family bonding per, uh, culture. We discussed last week that why they live in communities here, because they inherited those family bondings back. There is no like, kids grow, they are, not going, uh, they are not leaving the home and lived in a separate house. They lived with their parents. And then when parents grow old, those kids take care of their parents. That is a kind of family. Even uncles, they all, if, if they are not living in the same house, they have like very near houses and they live. So if, you, if we are thinking about to change the heart of some person or think that Lord will change his heart, we should 
we should think about it that he will have to give up a lot. Will he be able to? When I accepted Jesus Christ, no one actually uh, shared with me. I didn't discuss with my father because I knew the consequences. My, mm -hmm. my family disowned me. Mm -hmm. They still don't talk to me. My father passed away, but I, I, at that time I have six uh, siblings, seven siblings actually all together, uh, six siblings, one passed away. So still five brothers and sister, they still didn't, don't talk, talk to, uh, don't like to talk to me. They disown me. Uh, my niece, nephew, they sometimes like to talk to me. So just think about it that how family bonding is strong and it's difficult for them to come out from those family bondings, the same communities they are living. I was actually ashamed for my family. My father was a very scholarly man, uh, a strong Muslim believer, and he spent his old age, I don't know if you know about Peer, that is a kind of scholars who spend their old age and write verses on pages and give it to you so that you can make bracelet or something like that and hold it and that will be some kind of, it's kind of rituals we can say, uh, but they believe that it will be very beneficial for them if they will, they will have around their body or something like that. So my father a kind of person for that. So just wanted to share, share this one. When we reach out to them, we don't need to discuss about discrepancies. Uh, I would like to read a few verses. I think so. I read those when, yeah. when I shared my testimony. Uh, Book of Acts, chapter 17. Acts 17. Acts 17, verse 2 and 3. Acts 17, verses 2 and 3. And Paul went in as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. Who is Paul preaching at this time? <coughs> Pardon me. These were Jews, right? Right. Who knew scripture. So he shared with them and argued with them from the scripture. Let's go a few verses down and same chapter, verse 22 and 23. So Paul standing in the midst of Areopagus, and this is, I might be pronouncing in Urdu in my Bible. <laughs> Am I pronouncing right? Mm. Areopagus, how we will pronounce it? Areopagus. Areopagus said, men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. He went to Athens. These are not uh, Jews. So, he tried to find something from their religion and tried to compare. Mm -hmm. There are so many comparisons between Islam and Christianity. In the end, Bible can change their heart. And I tell you, we cannot change their heart. 
वी आर द वन हु कैन सो सीड वी आर द वन वी कैन आस्क क्वेश्चन फ्रॉम दैम बट द फर्स्ट थिंग यू हैव टू बिल्ड दैट रिलेशनशिप so that they will forget about those 30 40 50 years strong bondings and think about to to accept christ uh, there are so many similarities between islam and christianity even though they twisted it's a man made religion but it still talk about jesus i think so i don't know exactly if i shared or not quran talks four time about muhammad oh sorry name by name 26 times jesus hmm. i think so 120 or something more than that or 40 time about moses so now we can understand that how it's talking more talking about jesus than muhammad it's talking about jesus miracle there is not even a single miracle in quran about muhammad so so we can talk about they respect a lot about jesus the point come when we say jesus is the lord they their their minds are shut actually they don't believe that jesus is a god again i will say that it takes some time for them to understand to that but if they see christ fruits in you they will start thinking about it what is different why this religion is different what they believe why do they believe and that will be the time when we can question them and if i will get a time i will share with you that <clears throat> and i will use that time now in pakistan there were actually <laughs> sorry pastor i uh, am actually you're, you're, diverting man this everything. is great you just keep going that's why you're here reaching out when we are talking about reaching out that is our main purpose right that is our yes. mission to reach out people uh and islam we hear a lot of stories a lot of things lots of things happened by muslims in this country so god love them as much as he loves us right if i am born from a muslim family i have been brainwashed 30 40 years i will use word brainwashed because those things were put into my brain when i was young and i heard that thing every day jews are infidel worthy to die kill them wherever you find them wow. if someone leave islam kill them if you will if you are born in that in a muslim family and if you hear that thing every day see those practices what will happen you will adopt them yes. right yes. so when they come here they have already adopted those things it's very difficult to to scratch them out from their mind their hearts can be changed and that is a prayer that can change it uh the testimony i would like to share here uh, we got an opportunity to serve in last year in one of the refugee camp where pakistan army actually tried to capture talibans and they did everything so much in hurry they didn't inform the local people and about 3.3 million people fled from sawat and refuge in mardan where myself and tina were living so we saw people lying on the road side with their kids don't have food or anything we at that time gathered 200000 pakistani rupees maybe 
less than 1,000 US dollar, and we both plan to go to Bangladesh so that I can get admission in a seminary. No seminary was giving admission to me in Pakistan. Uh, if seminary give admission to a convert, they burnt a seminary in 2005 in Pakistan. So churches, seminaries, I'm not blaming, but sometimes they hesitate because, because they know because of one person, many can suffer. So they try to avoid that kind of uh, circumstances. So we gathered some money. We went to a refugee camp where there were 5,000 tents. You can't imagine one tent hold a small tent and it hold 15 to 20, sometimes more than 20 people in one tent. The money we had in our pocket, we used for the old people to buy food who had like blood pressure, diabetes, these kinds of things. And we used that money in, in a day or two. So many people were there. We made relationship with 240, in 240 tents. We went there, we massaged old people. We stayed in lines for five, five hours to get food for them, which was available two times in a day. There was a long queue that government provide food. We didn't do anything just to show our love to them. What happened? I didn't share anything with them. And frankly speaking, I didn't go there to preach gospel. I didn't have in my mind that I shared gospel with them. That was my very early stage of Christianity. I went there because I saw their uh, pain. So after two months, they asked me one day, can we go to offer Juma prayer on Friday? I said, no, I am not a Muslim. Said, really? Your uh -huh. name is... I couldn't change my name. I don't know if I shared with you or not. I couldn't change my name on ID card. I couldn't change my religion on ID card. Whenever I went to the offices, I got persecution. So when they come to know, only four families told us, don't come back to our tent, otherwise we will kill you. The other said, you helped us more than Pakistani government. You are like our son, you helped us. And then I, I didn't do anything and I, I don't know at, at that time how to reach out to them, but I started asking them questions from Quran, which talks about, there are few verses which, like Muslims, the basic thing, Muslims think that Bible is changed. That, that's the thing they believe that Christianity is not a true religion because Bible is changed. So I asked them question uh, from the Quran which says, no one can change the words of Allah. Three times it says, no one can change the words of Allah. In Quran it's written, how do you think the Bible, even though it's not true. <laughs> I asked them, how do you think, what do you think about it? If, is there someone having that power can change the word of Allah? If Allah gave Torah to Moses, first five book, and Psalms to David, and then uh, four Gospels, they think in Jeel, we discussed last week, to, to Jesus, then do you think someone has changed those, those books? Quran is right, because no one can change of words of Allah, so those books were true. So I just raised some question in their minds, and those, I'm not saying there was anything from me I did good, but Lord changed their hearts. We prayed at night for them. You can't imagine with, with their eyes, seeing their eyes, having no hope, how much 
pain had we in our heart. So we prayed for them and then Lord changed their heart. There wasn't even a single contribution from our side. We, we were surprised to see that more than 50 people accepted Lord Jesus. Amen. That's great. That's Is fantastic. there anything good in us? No. That was Lord who was changing their hearts. They see good things in us. We raise questions when we add, that was the right time when we raised question and asked question about Islam. Maybe if I first asked question from them, they would ask me, leave this place. They would not listen to me. Yeah. I will stop here. What? I will stop here. Why? <laughs> it's I mean, you were like just I getting like warmed to... up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Microphone right there, Phil. No, the microphone right there. Is it on? Tap it. Tap it. It's not on here. Yeah, it's on the bottom. You got to hold it. Here. There you go. You should tap it now. Tap it. Tap first. There you go. In, uh, in Pakistan and, and places over there where they have Muslim beliefs and Islamic beliefs, is, is it like the United States at all? Do you have like non-Christians like we have here that don't believe in God and... They just live on their own. Does anybody, with I know Islamic, they probably make them believe what they believe or they'll kill them. But is there anybody over in that country that is non-believers of neither one and just like on freelance like? 95% of uh, majority in Pakistan are Muslim. So 5%, uh, you, we can say 2%, about 2% are Christians and then there are many Hindus. Uh, when they are living in majority, their thoughts, their things are very different. In big cities, when people are getting education, things are very different. You have heard about Afghanistan and the place in Pakistan where Taliban's are growing. That place, education was like, schools were very low in numbers as compared to other provinces. So we can understand edu education is the biggest problem. If you will not study, get education, your mindsets, mindsets what are you are believing from the childhood is going that. Those people live in a very different life. We got a chance to live in Mardan, in that area where Taliban are living, the same place where refugees came. At about I think so, 50 minutes distance, there is Afghanistan border, you can go, there are shops, you can give them 300 to 900 and they can fire a missile for you at some place if you will get them. <laughs> can you imagine how much, and they, why missiles are cheaper, because after the Russian war, war they made their own missiles, they have those shells and they failed it, they, they created their own stuff. And weapon is very easily available in that area. People are very uneducated there. We, I will come back to your question regarding belief. Uh, Islam, 95% are Muslim. They, even when I accepted uh, Christianity uh, in Pakistan, my thought was America is a Christian country. When people come here as a migrant, or after immigration, their thought is a Christian country. And when they come here, you, like us people, we are not reaching out to them. What happens? They see the media. They see 
lots of things and they think about it this is christianity so that's why whenever i i share uh, with someone i always share that we have to reach out to them make them friend when they come here i will say 99.99% they come here for a good life they don't have like a purpose of doing a kind of terrorist activities so they are very moderate people they will listen to you even if you will go to their house if you will ask them for prayer i i shared that someone asked me to pray for me i said yes please pray for me muslim don't mind if you will ask them to pray for you uh i had some numbers i liked your question because i write some number that how christianity and from 1972 christianity actually changed from 90% to 63% in usa and those who believe in no religion that changed from 5% to 29% oh yeah yeah it's it's a so, it's a, it's a major issue major issue and when, major problem that's very right and when we talk, talk about christianity you know how many denominations are there catholics are there mormons are there in mm -hmm. christianity it's very important to reach out to them uh, tina actually met i will not call out his name here but met one of the jehovah witness guy and he wasn't uh, he didn't like his heart he's 21 or 22 years old his heart didn't accept jehovah witness teachings he he didn't like the paradise and heaven concept especially they believe he had some other uh, concerns regarding that they have special money saved and give to people for their jobs and how they bring people to to jehovah witness so he had some concerns to that and tina shared with with him her testimony and then he said that you know i shared the same thing with muslims there is a muslims group in amazon it's just few few weeks ago and they shared with me that oh you believe in uh, in christianity we will share quran with you and then they show love to him they offered some food to him what happened he said to tina you know they are very nice people i should i should read quran what does it say and quran has totally been changed you will not find if you will say to some muslim like this this verse says like this he will give you some hadith or anything no we this is a peaceful religion because they are getting all these questions so it's easy for them to justify with any other verse any other hadith islam is a very peaceful religion so this is this is very much important like his mindset uh how those people are reaching out people here and that's the so they're basically not telling them the truth is yeah, what you're saying that's correct they're trying to make it they're trying to sell it in a way that's wrong mm -hmm. yeah uh we we only have about about seven minutes left so why don't we just open up the floor for questions if you got a question for a same we'll just let it rip jim league has a question jim you need the microphone there you go mine's pretty simple do any of the muslims and hindus mix the religions and and go both ways 
or kind of believe in both of them? No. Hindus actually believe many gods. I don't know the numbers. Anything is God from them. Stones, cows, they believe in many gods. For Hindus, sharing, if you will go to a Hindu and say Jesus is actually God, they will accept you. They, this is nothing for them, adding another God into their many thousand gods. They just blend it in, blend yeah. him in, yeah. Muslims believe only one God, but Muslims... Uh, and Pakistan and India, where there is majority, India is actually the second largest Muslim country. Because when Pakistan separated from India, many Muslims migrated in Pakistan, but there is still a large majority of Muslims in India as well. So, so, so they don't like each other most of the time. Anybody, other questions? Yes, hey, okay, Hannah, right? Yes, I'm Hannah. Right, Hannah, there you go. How is it perceived when you say Merry Christmas to them? Good question. Share with Christmas to them? If you say Merry Christmas to a Muslim, what do, what do they think about that? Do they kill you on the spot or what? No, they do I'm, not I'm just, say I'm just, anything. I'm sorry. And that's the thing I shared that when they come here, they are very moderated. If you will say Merry Christmas here, they will say Merry Christmas to you as well. If you say the same thing back in Pakistan where they are in majority, they will ask you, why are you ask, saying to me this? <laughs> Something like that. They didn't mind that a lot. Uh, Remember, most important thing as I shared, uh, next week we will share four important things which actually uh, basic concern between Islam and Christianity. One most important thing is saying Jesus is God. So they don't believe in jo uh, Jesus deity or as a, as a God, son of God. This is called shirk. Shirk is something taking someone else at the level of God. So shirk is, if you believe in shirk, or if you leave Islam, the punishment is death. Now are you it saying sheik? Shirk. S but we would say sheik, right? Wasn't there, S I mean, isn't that what we called the, uh, no, it was the shawl, the shawl of our, uh, never mind, never mind, I was wrong. Another question. Question. We're running out of time. Question. I hear. I, okay. Oh, it's ready to go. In our Bible, we all know that it talks about truth, and we're not supposed to lie. We're supposed to let our yes be yes and our no be no. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it sounds like the Muslims are okay to lie about anything as long as they can twist it to make others believe their lie. Right? That is correct. Is that it? That's, That's what right. it sounded like. There you go. Abrogation. Again, uh, Quran is in Arabic. I gave, a, I gave example last week that I learned Quran by heart. Even I didn't know any meaning of them in the beginning. Later, until I started to get, uh, read its translation, all Muslim learn Quran by heart. They, they offer prayer in Arabic. They don't know what they are asking God. In Pakistan, I'm not talking about the Arabic-speaking countries. Arabic-speaking countries know about that. Afghanistan, it's speaking Dari and Pashto. Iran, they speak Persian. Most of the time when they offer prayer, they offer prayer in, in Arabic. Majority of them, they don't know what they are asking. But few verses, few words they can understand unless they are having a heart to learn it. 
Many of them, they don't. That's good. All right, Dick. I don't know if I'm going to ask this right or not, but uh, September 11th, uh, box cutters, uh, were, were though, okay, is there a difference in extreme alarmist and a, and a regular alarmist? Uh, what's the difference here? Uh, I heard, I saw one time on Facebook that 9-11 is all I need to know about Islam. Islam. Mm -hmm. What's the difference in the extreme Islamic and the Islamic? Because that was something, I distinctly remember that, because President Bush came out and tried to delineate between ex radical extremists and, you know, the other. So, again, I will share an example in Pakistan, and it's happening all around. Afghanistan happening the same thing, right? Uh, the extremist taking few things from Quran and Take one example, if you tell someone, if you are doing this one, you will be died and you will go to heaven, right? If you say the same thing, go into a city of Pakistan and tell someone like, they might not accept it, they like more their life than anything else, right? So extremist is where they teach them and it's, it's very, very common, they have Places in Pakistan where they took people, majority of the time they take the young generation who's like very passionate, right? Ready to do anything. And then they brainwash their mind. It's easy to brainwash because Quran, Hadith, there are so many places. It talks about this. If you will do this, that is not wrong. It's easy. And if you go into those places, they, they, they learned all the weapons there. They give them a training. I don't know if you have heard about one of the uh, bone of ten contention between Pakistan and India is Kashmir. Half, half Kashmir is in India, half Kashmir is in Pakistan. Pakistan, um, and I would say army is involved into it, in those groups, when they create. Osama bin Laden, was sitting or found in a city where there is a big, like, uh, army brigade or everything around him. Pakistan has, uh, Pakistan army has uh, ISI, that is um, secret agency, and they support these things because each government or each country, they have some benefit into it. Why they support it? Because they would like to get some benefits from them in India. They send people around them. You have heard that terrorists are coming from. So they prepare them. But if you go to a common people in Pakistan, like in a city, it's difficult to change their mind. So not every Muslim now, with the passage of time, I'm telling you, this is changing. Uh, Muslim, Muslim women, and again, we will discuss a few things about uh, some hadiths uh, next week. How Quran or Muhammad distinguish women and men? How much importance is given to women? Women are not allowed to ask. Like, women has half share. That's Islam says. Two witness of a woman Two women witness is equal to one. If you are going for a justice, if there are two men and a two women giving witnesses, this will men will win on that. Wow. And same way the uh, 
heritage is distributed among between <clears throat> Latin, uh, boys get double of the girls. Yeah, that, that wouldn't fly over here too well. <laughs> they would be canceled immediately. Uh, Jack had a question, and then we'll, then we'll, then we'll be finished with the, after yours. Within the Muslim religion, uh, we talked about this first week, mm-hmm. but is, is, it's my understanding that the, most of the conflict between the Muslim religions, between the countries, is whether you're a Shiite or a Sunni. That is correct. And because Iran is mostly Shiite, mm-hmm. and Saudi Arabia is mostly Sunni, mm-hmm. and they, they just yeah. don't seem to, they can't get together. That's right. Now, is that the same way in Pakistan and India? That's correct. Shia, okay. they don't believe in them. Uh, and again, we come to the other like schools, Wahhabis we discussed uh-huh. yesterday, Ismailis we discussed yesterday, that is also a sect or another school of thought. So they believe they are non-Muslims. And if, if you see immigrants, many of immigrants, if, if they are coming from Pakistan, they are coming from Ahmadi or Ismaili or uh, Wahhabi because they are persecuted there, similar like Christians. They are persecuted more than Christians in Pakistan. If you are born Christian, uh, you are less persecuted than if you are a Wahhabi or this kind. All right. Well, it's 7.03, so we need to shut it down. Asim, thank you. Y'all, thank Asim for tonight. Next week, we will have our final session on, uh, on Islam, and then we will move to the next false religion. So let me see which one y'all want to do next. We probably will do maybe one or two more, and, uh, and then we'll uh, change to something else. So do you want to do, let's see, Christian science, Buddhism, Scientology, Which one of those? Who? All right, let me just take votes. We do votes here in the Baptist church. Amen. Uh, Christian science, raise your hand. You're going to help me count, okay? Christian science. My goodness, Christian science loses big time. Sorry, Tam. I mean, uh, not, I'm sorry. No. Uh, let's see. Um, what was the other one? Buddhism? Who wants Buddhism? Okay. All right, that's close. Scientology? Scientology it is. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll do Scientology next. So um, thank you all so much for your attention tonight. Asim, I can't tell you the blessing that it is to have you here and just the value of what you bring us uh, is just wonderful. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know that I've ever known anybody personally that's come out of Islam that's a Christian that is so open and, and willing to discuss. It's just not something you come across all the time. Have, have any of you ever met anybody like that? I haven't, and to have you in the church is, yeah. okay, Jim has. I think he was the pastor of the, uh, he was the pastor of the Arabic church, down there on just past you, he, he has passed since died. Oh, okay, the Arabic church, yeah, I know what you're talking about, okay. Because he came out of, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. How many of you have heard about Nabil Qureshi? Please read uh, his testimony. He passed away six years ago. A very good. Uh, he did. He shared a really good testimony. He reached out to many Muslims, seeking Allah, finding Jesus. That is his book. 
Nabil Qureshi is his name. Uh, N-A-B-E-E-L. But you can write Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. Book name and you will find uh, his name as well. N-A-B-E-E-L. Q-U-R-E-S-H-I. The last name might be having a different spelling. Okay, cool. All right, so next week what we'll do is we'll try to quickly get through the material maybe, and then maybe try to hold 15 minutes for Q&A. So if you've got a question, uh, a serious question about Islam that hasn't been covered so far, be sure and bring that next week and we'll give uh, a same, some time to answer those questions. Anything before we're dismissed? Anything at all? Okay, let's, let's, I'll, if everybody will stand, I'll pray and dismiss us in prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for Asim and Lisa and their family and his willingness to, to go into the public forum and, uh, and help us understand about this false religion. Uh, Lord, it's, it's scary. I mean, uh, we, we, we're, you know, we've heard about it our whole lives and our country was attacked on 9-11 by, by, this, by fanatics and and Lord, it's just um, one of those things that we need to know about. And the only way to, to end it, Lord, is to see those that have been, um, you know, conned into this religion, freed from it through the truth of the gospel. And so, Father, I pray that you would use this time to equip us and give us the boldness and the courage we need uh, to engage those uh, that, have, that have believed in this false religion. And again, I thank you so much for Sam and Lisa. I thank you for Parkway Baptist. And I know that we have a a number of people uh, that, have, that have fallen and had injuries and, and just different things over the past uh, s- several weeks. We pray that you be with each one of them, uh, Lord, during this season. Help us as we, as a church, as we prepare for the Christmas season over the next couple of weeks. And uh, Lord, help us to reach out to those in the community that, that need love and that need support. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.